Hello, welcome back to Going Off Season. Welcome back. I'm Alex. I'm Luca. We've got some huge, huge news. We're going to get to that in a little bit. There's been some trades that have happened, first and foremost. We have to run through those. Yeah. Thanks for getting in position. So basically, three trades have been made at the time of recording this podcast. Yes. The biggest one, we've talked about it, but it's actually happened. Jesse Hogan has gone to the Giants. And he's gone to the Giants for what we said before. Yeah. The pick 54 Mm -hmm. that the Giants got for Zach Langdon. Yeah. So basically, imagine it like this. A three-way trade. Mm -hmm. Zach Langdon has gone to West Coast. Yep. Pick 54 has gone to Fremantle. And Jesse Hogan has gone to GWS. Basically, yeah. A three-way trade with just one extra step added in. Probably. If you consider the fact that Jesse Hogan was taken at pick number one Mm -hmm. and that he was traded for pick five or six, six, he was traded for pick six. Yep. Six and 23. Six and 23. Yeah. GWS have given up a rookie pick, Zach Langdon, Mm -hmm. and gained Jesse Hogan. That's Moneyball right there. People who are talking about the alarm bells going off at GWS, yes, I'm sure their culture isn't great, and their player retention is something that's, like, to be worried about. Mm -hmm. But Jason McCartney is running the fucking show. Like, the list management there, it is the perpetual motion machine. It is the fountain of youth, the... Renewable energy source. It's good in some ways. It's bad in other ways. The bad is, I would say, the revolving door of extremely high-talented first-round picks leaving for less than what they were drafted at, which is probably not ideal. Um, It's never ideal. But the positive is things like this, where they can get in guys like Hogan for, yeah, basically... And the thing is, they... It, it reflects on good, on shrewd drafting. You don't get players that you give up nothing to uh, draft, like mm-hmm. rookie-listed players, and turn them into actual like pieces that are worth yeah. something. Yeah, I will, I will say, when was the last time that the Giants brought in a big name in a trade? I feel like it hasn't happened for a while. A long time. I feel like... Keith Shaw. Keith Shaw and Callan Ward... Probably. But Ward was before, wasn't Ward it? Was before. Yeah, right. So the Shaw, last time Shaw was a trade. Shaw. Right, you think about... And I mean kudos as well, yeah, to the list management department that the majority of that team has been built from the players at the Giants. Like, yeah. pretty much top to tail, aside from, yeah, Shaw, Ward... Um, They're Griffin, like the anti-Hawthorne. Yeah, which is surprising considering how they started, um, you know, with those guys that they picked up because, like, with their DeBoer and Sheridan and Tendai Mzungu, that was just, like, when they got those guys, they were all delisted. Right. It's not like Matt DeBoer was a huge name as a pickup anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, he would have been if they got him in his prime, but they literally yeah. picked him up as a delisted free agent. Yeah. Um, so I think this is good for the Giants. It's great. It's And it's... I, I expect them in coming years, now that they're a little bit more established, mm. to be more... Aggressive with acquiring because it was like G- um, Gold Coast. Yeah. Gold Coast weren't acquiring big names for a long time, but mm. then the floodgates were broken yeah. with Wits and then Ellis, mm-hmm. and now 
And now, Oleg. Oleg. Oleg Markov has uh, made his way for a future third. Probably not on the same level of names as those guys, but... No. Not on the same level. Think... But, but the, the fact that people who play the game professionally are nominating them mm-hmm. are saying, I want to go to the Gold Rory Coast. Atkins, uh, last week in the free agency period. Um, the Suns in that way have been ahead of the Giants yeah um, for sure they made themselves a destination before the Giants did even though the Giants on the ladder and performance wise Mm. have essentially always been better right there hasn't even ever really been players going to the Giants for like you know a payday aside from yeah back in 2012 when they first started but even arguably yeah Ward and Griffin and Shaw were there to help start the team yeah and, and they were there purely because they were like experienced and like leaders mm. it yeah. wasn't it wasn't obviously you could um say that Carlton Ward was expected to perform on field yeah but with Shaw and Davis they were and Griffin they were very much so paid for not solely just to play well and get the wins right I'm sure the big paycheck was pretty attractive to a young Phil Davis but he certainly earned it for sure Um, but yeah it is great for the Suns that they do have a steady influx of players who want to come up there who are like not discards like Markov was a Markov was fringe 22 for Richmond I would say he was fringe 22 and it was just sort of like a part of that Jaden Short Patrick Nash. Right. How do you get in when you've Camden got... Camden McIntosh. When you've got guys like Basha Hooley and James Short in front of you. Yeah, and, and obviously they'll say Markov is worth more than Nash, so let's keep developing Nash mm-hmm. and move on Markov. Yeah. yeah. So there's no longer a logjam in that position. Yeah. And that same logjam is the um, dilemma that cost Connor Menadieu mm. his career. Yeah. Connor. Unfortunately, couldn't even get over to the Dockers. Couldn't even get over to the Dockers. That open ass wing. Yeah. It was waiting for him. It was waiting for him. I swear to fucking God, it was waiting for him. (laughs) I think the Dockers after this year might have regretted that they didn't. For sure. I feel like if they had managed you on the wing the whole time, Mm. with the sort of rise of Sarong and Brayshaw and Chera, that midfield would have been off chops. Yeah. And extremely young for how talented that group is. Um, And overachieving. Yeah, I want to ask Zach Langdon, we did just say, made yeah. his way to the Eagles. Do you think he will be a best 22 player next year? I think so. I think Liam Ryan is played up the field now mm. because Liam Ryan's sort of... He's outgrown the forward pocket position yeah. because he does so much special things not in front of the goals. Mm-hmm. I also thought Petricelli was horribly out of form when he played this year. I did like, not, he looks like, like he's it. gone about 10 steps backwards. Yeah, did not from, like it. So he, if, he, if Langdon doesn't get a game ahead of him... Because like, the thing with Petrucelli is like, oh, he's so fast. But like, if you don't use, if you don't use that fastness mm. for closing speed and to apply pressure, what's it good for? I know. Yeah. And he wasn't, I didn't see him apply much pressure when I watched the games. He doesn't strike me as somebody who gets out into a game and says, I want to apply pressure. I want to have shots at goal from... Getting holding the ball mm-hmm. in front of the goals, mm-hmm. he just wants the sort of he wants the handball out of the stoppage and to yep. get on his bike, he's which a, is fine. But you want you want to be you want to want to play the role. Yeah, he's a, a downhill skier, as some might say. <laughs> Loves to run hard towards goals, but doesn't do much else. Yep, and yeah, and with him being out of form, with really Will Virioli not being able to play. Um, and with Venables with his uh, concussions um, symptoms, yeah, delayed concussion symptoms, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Liam Ryan playing a bit of a he's he's flying elsewhere. He's flying, but which is good. I've liked Liam Ryan playing more on ball because he's a very he's a very good ball user and he doesn't exactly play a midfield role. Yeah, but he can play one kick behind the play and create turnover opportunities because he's a really good kick and he isn't tackled easily. Sorry, I just got distracted by something. Um, so yeah, I think Langdon will play games and I think he'll be probably better at West Coast because it's a forward line that I think probably has just as much star power as the forward line he played with at GWS. Yes. But I think there's a bit more structure mm. and I feel like these the guys who play in the forward line at West Coast have been playing together for a very long time. Yeah. And you see the way that small forwards very easily mm. operate in their system. In yeah. their forward system, yeah. we've seen lots of small forwards of very different, you know, skill levels come in and do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's probably just a testament to the structure and the players that they have in that area of mm-hmm. the ground. It does make me wonder uh, where it puts Jamie Cripps's career at this point. If they see him being phased out soon. I know he's not quite old enough to be on retirement verge yet, Cripps. I think he's only 29 or uh, something like that. Um, I'd think he, I would think he was older. Okay, Google. How old is AFL player Jamie Cripps? Jamie Cripps is 28 years old. Probably not time to... Um, Google knows. Probably not time to uh, phase him out yet then. No, no. I would see him more as playing Liam Ryan around the ground mm. and making... Because uh, who else are there forward pockets? Jared Cameron. I'd see... I'd, I'd think this is more of a replacing Jared Cameron because they've... Re- they've realised Jared Cameron's still a bit raw, which I think he is. He is. I think Jared Cameron has the potential to be a really special talent, but I think he needs waffle time. He is definitely one of... Yeah, there's certainly a group of, like, with the young guys, you definitely get the guys who are AFL ready from when they get drafted, can play close to 22 games in a year, and yeah, guys who need that development time... um, it was interesting. I, I... And it's and it's not... People People assume it's like a slight on their skills, mm-hmm. but it's not. Sometimes it's, you know, decision-making, match mm-hmm. fitness. Um, dis- not decision-making, I already said that, but like, you know, on-field maturity and, yeah. uh, you know, build. Mm-hmm. Jared Cameron's still pretty skinny and... Very slight, yeah. I saw him get knocked around a bit. Yeah. Um... And I, I think he also... I recall him making a couple of brain fades as well at certain yeah. points, and I think that's the sort of stuff where it's like, if you've got all the skills, all the means of being an mm-hmm. AFL footballer, sometimes when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. state league games can't hurt anyway. No, no. You it don't just, need it to... It helps confidence. And also, no, West Coast aren't a team that need to have him right there now. No, no. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Matt Rendell tends to say a lot of back-in-my-day kind of things on trade radio, but... He did make one very good point about how uh, a lot of young players do just kind of walk up into the team now and don't necessarily have that two years or three years just playing in the VFL to like 
you know, earn their stripes or in the state leagues in any state. Um, and it is interesting how it has moved away from being the norm to... Uh, I get, you could make the argument that maybe players are prepared more now for coming straight into the AFL. Well, I, 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 just, I, have, I have a theory that's adjacent to that. Yeah, go on. I think I've, on. Ta- I've, I've literally talked about it on this podcast before. Have you? The players that are getting drafted in the last few years mm-hmm. are of a much higher quality yeah. than the players that got drafted towards the late 2000s and early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Before 2013... And after, like, 2003, I feel like there was a huge gaping hole of talent. Yeah. And between 2013 and 2018, mm-hmm. there was another little trough. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing guys walking in. They are prepared better mm. because the under-18 infrastructure has improved a lot and it's... Be- um, you know, found a lot more money, has yeah. become a lot more professional, and of some of these guys that are in Western Australia and South Australia, they get to play in, you know, senior state league teams, which is yeah. fantastic, and yeah. they have the ability to, through um, all this infrastructure for the under-18s players, because mm-hmm. of the money that's, the influx that has come in from the sport growing. Yeah. But also, I think that we are just going through a purple plat. Purple patch. purple patch. We are going through a purple patch right now of talent. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. getting like three generational players per draft. I couldn't disagree. Looking at the way that yeah players have come in, even even this year, even off the twenty nineteen draft, not as many as the twenty eighteen draft. Still some. But still players coming in and having an immediate impact. Um, still the greatest player to ever play the game. <laughs> even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, even Isaac Rankin, who missed all of uh, 2019 because of injuries, and Max King, too, walked right in like they had Mr. Beat. Yeah. Um, which and, would, and they look... Which puts senior players and on they, their and, and they literally sometimes. look And they literally look better than the form that, you know, players in the 2014, 15, mm-hmm. 16 draft took years to find. yeah. yeah. It is, it is incredible, and I think you're right. There are generational talents coming out of every draft. Or in the last be, few years, yeah. the last few years. And it sounds like it's not going to stop next year. Like, even just the... Because obviously we don't actually hear about players um, before their draft year if mm. they're not related to famous people. So we only know about Jay Spurgling and Nick Dacos so far, yeah. but who knows, there might be someone else, just like one other person. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You never know. Speaking of drafting... The huge news we alluded to before. Big, big beep, 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 beep. Oh, Sorry, Alex. Oh. I have to interrupt you. Oh. Because literally, like 30 seconds before I started the last thing, I received breaking news. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just then, literally while we were recording this. Just then. The Adelaide Football Cl- Club decided not to match St. Kilda's bid. So Brad Crouch, Brad Crouch is a St. Kilda player. Wow. Locked in. Locked and in. And Adelaide are receiving pick 23 as compensation per the AFL. That's big. That's really big. Yeah, that, and that literally just happened. What like, a, before, what a, before when I looked up my phone, you could see me like recoil. <laughs> we'll get an instant replay. Well, instant replay. Instant replay. Um, wow. Yeah? yeah. This has literally been a roller coaster of a day. Just based off that news alone. R- literally. Um, we've been from top to tail. Like, when, of... like the, the training opened at 10am and yeah. nothing happened until 2. 
and then like the most average three trades happened, and then this. Wow. Well, there you go. Brad Crouch is officially a St. Kilda player. That's... Okay, so their centre bounce now, when everyone is fully fit, mm-hmm. is... Who's their number one run, in um, your opinion? St. Kilda. Well, you'd have to say it's Marshall. You'd have to say, it's, have to say it's Marshall. Big Barge Marshall. He will be in the ruck. Uh, then you've got Jack Steele. Jack Steele. Um, and then you'd put in Brad Crouch as... Robert. Brad Crouch. Uh, and then as your centre, who would you have as your centre? Could have Hunter Clark. Could have Hanabry if he's Hanabry. Yeah. And then um, on your wings? On your wings, you've got Brad Hill. Brad Hill. And... Who are we missing? I, Zach Jones would fit yeah, right into that skinny Jones side winger. So what you're saying is for next year, the St. Kilda midfield mm-hmm. is Bradley Hill, Dan Hanabry, Zach Jones, Rowan Marshall... Did I say Jack Steele? No. Jack Steele and Brad Crouch. Wow. That's a bit fucked. That's a huge that's one. A bit, that's a bit fucked. Um, considering... <laughs> I'd love to know how Saints fans are feeling, considering for so many years, one of their huge weaknesses was just not having enough quality ball users in that midfield. And yeah. now um, they have some of the best ball users in the league. And I feel like St. Kilda are also going through a, a... Now they're going through a, like a 2010 relapse where like in t- 2009 they were like, fuck it, super team. Yeah. And they were just like, recruit, recruit, recruit. And it was like an American sports style super team with just yeah. like all of these good players from, you know, one from every other team. And now this is what they've basically done. It's crazy. I'm excited. I'm uh, excited for the Saints. Saints in the top four next year. Lock it in. Lock it in. Oh, I think the Crows would probably be happy they didn't go for that future, a future pick or anything like that now. Well, that, I think that was probably why. I think yeah. they were thinking... I think St. Gilda probably thought, offer them the future first. Mm. And Crows said, realistically, you guys are probably projected for top four. Mm. I mean, it would have been just higher, but I suppose the Crows must value this year's draft more. Bad couch. Bad couch. I just want to say it. Bad couch. So bad couch. Now let's. Now. I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. It's you. okay. The breaking news took priority. Now let's talk about the huge news. The other uh, huge news. Big changes to NGA academies. Yep. Uh, rolling out from next year, as well as mid-season draft and supplementary selection period. Yeah. Rulings. So basically, they're phasing out the NGA totally. Mm-hmm. By 2022, I believe it was, the NGA will basically be... Well, by 2023, it's going to be out. 2023 is out. So 2021 mm-hmm. is that the NGA picks will function like they do right now, yep. only between picks 21 mm-hmm. and picks 41. Yeah. So you can match the bid if someone else tries to take your player... Between that, 21 and 41. In that exact... So, basically, no club is going to be um, trying to take... Or they must really want them if they're trying to take them in that 20-pick yeah. bracket. And then from pick 41, mm-hmm. there won't be points. It's just going to be, if somebody uh, bids on your player, you can just take it automatically with your next live pick. Uh-huh. So, if as long as you have a live pick, you can grab that player. That actually sounds better for academies. Yeah. But then... But then... The next season mm. is that 2022, there will be no bidding on anything mm. 
Until 41. Right. And then there will be the next live pick rule again from that. It sounds like, to me, this is the AFL's effort to, after looking at how much, uh, like, feedback, negative feedback there was about how compromised this year's draft is, as a way to sort of uncompromise the first and second rounds for the next couple of years. But if play- if teams don't get to bid on players, mm. are they still going to put in the same amount of effort into them in their next generation academies? I mean... Is this bad for the development of the game? Is this bad for the growth of the sport? I think so. I think the AFL is... On one hand, I can see that they're trying to limit... You know, guys like uh, Lockie Johnson, who has come to Essendon as an NGA pick, he didn't need the extra development. His dad was a star of the game, and obviously Lockie was always going to be exposed to football and, you know, grassroots footing and all that. He probably didn't need to be in a specific academy, you know, at a club. Mm. Um, And I can see why they would consider that an issue and why clubs shouldn't have exclusive access to guys like that. Or even, you know, um, Nick Blakey as well. Yeah. Uh, I know he was a father's son, but... But he was a part of Gold Coast Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know... But then on the other hand, you have Irving Mosquito, Mm. who was from a remote area, and it was only through Hawthorne's NGA system Mm -hmm. that he was able to be offered the infrastructure to develop yep. to a point where he was able to be given a scholarship to a Victorian boarding school mm-hmm. where he was able to develop his game further yeah. into being drafted. I think they probably should not have been... Probably shouldn't be going for as drastic steps as this because, like you say, guys like Irving need that those extra pathways... And it sounds like they are planning on offering other pathways more within yeah. the AFL as opposed Instead, to it's so so it's basically shifters mm. Kevin she- 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 Sheehan Yes Kevin, is that how you say it? Sheehan? Yeah, Sheehan, yeah So basically Kevin Sheehan's AF- AFL Talent Pathways program that's going to be now a NGA for everybody mm. So what I ho- we, we don't know yet because this could just be like bullshit where a good thing is killed because everyone complained about it Yeah but what I hope it means is that the AFL, as an entire organisation, mm-hmm. go after talents like Irving Mosquito, yeah. who need the help to be exposed mm-hmm. to the infrastructure that allows talent to develop yeah. at an under-18 level to the point where players are prepared to be drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or and yeah. not wasting resources on people like Lockie Jones, mm-hmm. who are just like, oh, this person fits specific criteria, they're in our area, mm-hmm. let's just sign them up so we can bid on them. Right. Um, no, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, stuff for pathways for guys who might not have gotten otherwise exposed to footy guys who maybe, you know, came to Australia late. I think of like someone like Alir Alir, who wasn't exposed to AFL from childhood. And it was only when his family immigrated to Australia that he was given those opportunities. And I think that's something that the AFL 
has been doing not through teams but through the actual AFL itself mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, yeah, there's heaps of pathways now for guys from all sorts of backgrounds um, to get into uh, to AFL level. But should removing NGA academies be one of the ways to make it fair on clubs? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's the solution. No. I think it, if they do think it's going to be the solution, they need to show us what the AFL talent pathways yeah. are going to do and how it's going to offer the same amount of support. Yeah. I think I think clubs will still run things that are similar to academies, but obviously they won't have formal academies. Um, I think of like... Uh, AFL Sydney in the in the women's competition has a pseudo academy for mm. you know for girls in New South Wales who don't have any other you know top pathways into footy. Yeah, and um, in an area where football isn't the sort of sport of choice by the populace. Yeah, yeah. because you do you do like especially when you're at school like. AFL was my sport of choice, mm-hmm. but everyone played rugby. Yeah. So that's what the good program was. So I played rugby. Right. You need it. You you need the infrastructure, and you need the playing base to be there already to attract mm-hmm. more. Right. Obviously, this won't affect. It won't probably won't have any effect on Victoria or South Australia or Western Australia. The kids that are going to play footy there would be playing footy regardless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to have more effect on yeah the NT and New South Wales and Queensland. Um, Tasmania will probably be fine too. Um, the states that the whole reason the academies and things were brought in in the first place was to you know start a more level playing field, and then it was kind of extended out to all the clubs. Um, and I think the AFL were probably wary of not going back to a model like that because, mm. you know, I guess just general equity. Well, it's funny that the um, the AFL with the NGA started already. I believe the NGA was a thing and was implemented after people were already so mad about the academy system for the interstate clubs. Mm-hmm. Because I remember people were pissed off about Sydney having an academy. Yeah. The Swans were such a good team for such a long time. And the Swans were a team that you know used to be South Melbourne. Mm-hmm. They had everything there. The fact that they were in a, a, not a footballing state didn't really affect them for that yeah. long. Yeah. They you know, for Tony Lockett, Adam Goods, they had... Look at all the guys that they brought off their rookie list that became Premier yeah. players as well. And then you give them an academy and suddenly they've got rights to Callum Mills, yeah. Isaac Heaney, now Braden Campbell, who, you know, a lot of people, there's been a lot of discussion about whether Braden Campbell would have been a number one pick mm. if he wasn't a uh, Swans academy yeah. I like, think, look, player. There's always the argument to be made that if the clubs put in the effort to develop these guys from a young age, then at what point do you just say, well, they deserve to, you know, they put in the work, now they gain the access to that player. Um, you know, like... It's obviously a complicated and multifaceted issue. Yeah, and another multifaceted and complicated issue is... The new mid-season draft. Mm. Which seems a little bit more complicated than it has to be, in my opinion. It's a bit more complicated, but I think it's also... I, I see it as more positive, more flexible, more variable than the original 
uh, mid-season draft where you know it was basically what round twelve. If you've got a if you've got a spot on your list, you can pick up one of these guys. You can get a maximum of two, whatever it was. Um, some clubs did, some clubs didn't. Not many clubs actually kept their mid-season draftees on. Yeah, um, I think that had a big. Um, uh, I think that had a big effect on this. Yeah, the fact that um, you know Jack Mayo, Michael Knoll. Mm-hmm. I I think the only the only like real safe. Mid-season draft pick was Marley and Pickett, and then a couple of the ones you know, John Noble's probably going to stick around. Will Snelling will get another he go. Stick around. Um, Ryan Gardner could Ryan get Gardner. another contract too. They, they like him there. Um, Darcy Fort was that? no Darcy Fort was no, no. I'm thinking of Michael Knoll. You are thinking of Michael Knoll. You know, tall. they're tall. tall. They're Brooklyn. Tall. They're easy to confuse. Jordan Sweet. He's also he's also big. tall. Yeah, he's big. He's big. Um, but yeah, look, I, I I don't mind it. I don't mind the sort of so it's like a three. So we're so we're talking about it as if everyone knows. So let yeah. me give yeah. me a second please, to explain. Please explain. Explain the rollout of the new mid-season drafts, essentially. So basically, between SSP mm-hmm. period closing yeah. and round one. Players who didn't get picked up, whether they be um, undrafted or eligible for drafting in their mature ages or delisted mm-hmm. free agents, yep. they can opt into mm-hmm. the mid-season draft pool. So there's a pool. Yes. There's a pool of players that you need to opt into if you're a player that wants to be in the pool mm-hmm. between the end of this supplementary Selection, selection period, period yeah. and round one. Yeah. And when you'll li- when a club's list spot becomes available, and they want a new player, mm-hmm. they can nominate you. Yeah. And you get that player after you nominate them mm-hmm. at the end of round four, mm-hmm. round eight, mm-hmm. or round twelve. Yeah. And if multiple clubs nominate the same player in the same period, the club that is lowest on the ladder will receive that player. Yeah. So it's basically, yeah, a mini draft at three different points during the season if you've got the list spots available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good measure of the way the nomination thing works to prevent state league clubs from just getting absolutely, uh, you know, poached from... There was, you know, the Sandful had a big issue with it in 2018 when I think it was four or five players from the same Sandful team all got picked up yeah. in the mid-season draft. So the, another thing that they're changing is that they're now offering compensation to state league teams. Yeah. So they Which say is definitely necessary. If you, if a, if if a player that um, if a player has signed up to play for a state league team, mm-hmm. and there is no clause that says I can go to an AFL team if I yeah. want. And they get drafted and they choose to be drafted. And the State League team will get compensated. Mm-hmm. The only time it won't be compensated, if there is no like clause in the contract, um, is if the player is literally like 18 and has just been undrafted in their first draft year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Sam Fletcher... Mm-hmm. Signing up for Box Hill after he didn't go drafted, yep. and he signed up literally as soon as he didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. Box Hill signed him, and then long term injury from Gold Coast. 
I believe it was Harrison Wig doing his uh, yeah. second ACL. And he got picked up in the... Picked SPP. up SPP. Yeah. And they were saying, if that happens, you know, you're... you're it's essentially... Which I understand, because that's not, you know... That's not Keegan Brooksby, like the number one ruckman of a Santa right. team, being it's swept out from under them. That's a player who is essentially just being drafted late. Yeah, and sort of nominated a stately club as a... Fail-safe, yeah. yeah. Great moments. Great Think moments. alike. They, they do. do. They tend... Did that just happen again? Um, let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to check if any other trades have happened. Mm-hmm. I doubt they will have. Right, I, th- I think we've gone over the uh, limit for the day. It's currently 5.30, and I, I believe th- trades I think... can only happen until 5. Oh, really? I think so. Do, who do you think the next cab off the ranks are going to be tomorrow? Um, well... Nakia Cockatoo, surely. Yeah. If th- he was talked about today as basically being locked in for a mm. trade already. So I can see Geelong and Brisbane are just sorting out the finer details. And he should be probably the first cap off the ranks tomorrow. Um, the Suns also love an early deal. So if they've got anyone else coming up, that would be done pretty soon. Yeah, I, I feel like if the Saints don't do anything else tomorrow, it's probably going to be nothing happening else for them. Mm. Yeah. Because they've done Rory Atkins. They got Rory Atkins done first. Yep. Oleg Markov, yep, first day. Done. So I feel like if nothing happens tomorrow, that's going to be it for them. Mm. But we still haven't seen any high pick trades yet. We've mm. had future first round, yep. and then two p- trades for pick 54. Yeah, well, the big names haven't made their way really. Brad Crouch probably the biggest name that's moved so far, so you can understand. Which, is, which again... Huge. Yeah, it is huge. It is huge. We're not yeah. understanding the huge But I think all. tomorrow, I think especially if Nakia Cockatoo gets done, Sean Higgins, I believe. Mm. I think that's going to be pretty early. And I think all Geelong need is maybe the safety of any compensation they get for Nakia Cockatoo. It's like, yeah. okay, now we have that. They could probably move on the compensation that they get for Nakia straight to um North for Higgins, I reckon. I think North might ask for a little bit more. Yeah? Maybe a little bit more, which is understandable. Um, I can see North asking for a player. They could inquire about Constable or um, someone like that. I think Narkel. I think Narkel's the really easy choice for them because Narkel is a a nice, quick, smart ball user who doesn't particularly play on the wing, doesn't particularly play as a ruck rover. He's sort of like a... Andy McGrath, inside outsider. Mm-hmm. Granted, we've only seen him play midfield for one season. Yeah. Before that, he was uh, just a lively small forward, um, yeah. which would also be, you know, welcome. Mm. I think North could play him either way. Yeah. I could also see, obviously, Menegola and for Higgins would not be a completely fair trade, but I could see them inquiring about Menegola as well if they're still looking to. And that'd be pretty good. Um, move him out. I think there would be no reason. For Menangola to want to go to a rebuilding club, mm-hmm. um, unless they are willing to offer him the the war chest, not the war chest, <laughs> but the four years. Yeah. So basically, Menangola is after four years. He mm. is he's saying, I want to play for a team that is backing me in to play mm. into my thirty second year. Yeah. Well, considering considering the issue with North and Ben Brown was an issue of length of contract. No, nah, not I enough. can't see that being too much of a. Uh, and I don't, I don't see Menangola being an early sort of trade no. either. I see him being like a 
just before the deadline. Oh, by the way, Menengoli are going to Yeah. Ben Brown as well, I can't see being done too early. Really? But no. I feel like it's... No? Why I think not? if we think about the Ds uh, from last... Not last year, the year before, with the Hogan-May trades, those were quite down to the wire. And I think... Uh, while from the way that North are treating Ben Brown, clearly they're not going to even try and make it to be that level of difficult. It sounds like they just want him out at this point. Mm. Um, so I don't know how much they're going to ask from the D's. If it's a lot, I expect it to be late. If they're willing to part with him for very little, it'll happen. Yeah, by the end of this week. It's such a good observation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it? Well, I I just. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just feel like Brown is one of those guys that is being treated really shit. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> like personally publicly. think... I personally think it'll happen soon. Mm. I think uh, North don't want to piss fight around mm. with the players that they're getting rid of. And they probably want to concentrate a little bit more on uh, working around their draft hand and improving yeah. it or breaking it up into more top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. So I, will ins- I expect North Melbourne... To try very hard mm. to get their departures done quickly yep. so they have more time to concentrate on getting the best deals possible for their draft picks. Mm. Because I do think that there is a good chance that they split up their pick two for two other top ten picks. Mm. Yeah, which is the one that Essendon are eyeing off. I think uh, Essendon won't see any of those deals done. Saad, pick swaps... Dunkley, possibly. They won't be done till late, I don't think. Yeah. Um, when does trade period end? Friday next week. Friday? Wow, this isn't... Oh. It's a long time. So there's a week and a half of this shit. I believe so. Fuck. There's a reason they call it trade period now and not trade week. Does it used to be a week? Yeah. Yeah. See, that seems too short, but then week and a half seems too long. Yeah, what do you do? What are you going to do? No trades can happen on the weekend, so I guess it's more like 10 days of trades. Mm. Or no, eight days of trades. That sounds a bit nicer. A bit more reasonable. Yeah, it sounds a bit more reasonable. Um, but yeah, Dunkley I wouldn't expect to happen until like 4.59 Friday. Yeah, for sure. it's going to happen. Sure. Caldwell, you'd hope we could get I think Caldwell quickly. has to happen soon. Mm. I think GWS... Actually, no. I've just I've changed my mind. Mm. I think the fact that GWS got Hogan and Langdon done so quickly means... Mm. Um, Cameron's going to take a while I think no I think Cameron's going to be like one of the last deals done Mm. I think basically they've said um, I think the terms on Hately are basically agreed upon yeah what I've heard is that the Hately deal is very amicable Uh uh-huh very friendly is the 23 that they're going to get for Crouch too high for Hately or do you think that's about right do you think that's what they'll move on to the Giants Maybe, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why they didn't match. Because mm, they were like, yeah, if we can bring in Haley to play that yeah, crouch position. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe Jason McCartney picked up the phone and said, um, don't match the bid, King. Just give us that 23 for Haley and we'll call yeah. it even. And then the Adelaide sat back and thought, letting go of Brad Crash for Jackson Haley, that's not bad. If you said that to us last year, we probably would have been like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some little pick swaps here and there later on to some like just for value's sake. Yeah, yeah. You never know. But yeah, my 
my early read is that yeah. the 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 Langdon and Hogan deals getting done means that they really want to fucking twist the knife mm. with Caldwell and Cameron and like get every drop out of Essendon and Geelong that they can. Surely, if they were willing to trade twenty three for Haley, surely they couldn't be too much harsher with Caldwell. But Dodaro would take 23, 22 or twenty four if they had them. You know. Mm. Wait, who do the we don't have a pick after our first round until the third round. What? This could be the issue here. I think that might be the issue. Hence why we might have to wait for some trades. Uh, Essington. Essington. Essington uh, has... Vis-a-vis Carlton or, you know... So Essendon and... has pick six, pick seven, and... Pick 40-something? 48. Yeah. 48's not enough. 48's not enough? <laughs> Plain and simple. Okay, so if 23, we're going to just put out there that that's possible for Jackson Haley. Yeah. Let's look around there and see who has pick 22, 24, 25, okay. whatever. Okay. So, pick 21, Richmond. Pick 22, Adelaide. Pick 23, Adelaide. Go to the Giants for Haley, we think. Mm. 24, Hawthorne. Oh. 25, Sydney. 26, Melbourne. 27, Gold Coast. Mm. So... Well, look, none of those teams well, are teams that, we're, that you're dealing with. we're dealing with. So the next team that you're dealing with comes in 29, Port Adelaide. Mm. And then Carlton, 30. Yeah, and we already... This is <laughs> this is why I feel like all our trades are going to take so long. Dodora's already rejected 29 for Fantasia. If he could have gotten that one, I'm sure that could have been packaged away for Caldwell just fine. But they would they would have wanted a bit more... I reckon. What a conundrum. What a conundrum, because literally, <laughs> they need a... F- maybe they say... I don't want to say 29 and a pick upgrade in the first round, because if we want to do those picks for wheeling and dealing with North to get that two for McDonald, that's not going to happen. But I think six and seven is overs for two. Well, then we wait for the... I think, I think, I think six and nine are fine for two. So, if you trade pick 6 and pick 48 for pick 7 and pick 22, and then you send 22 for Caldwell, Mm. and then you get pick 7 and 9 and you send them for pick 2. Tell Adrian that. I will. Give him a a bloody buzz. I I, I am Adrian Dodoro, by the way. (laughs) If you look me up on Bigfooty, my name is Adrian Dodoro. <laughs> is it actually? Yeah, it is. Very nice. Because I, um... The only time I use Bigfooty is when I go onto, like, the Hawthorne free agency list management uh-huh. things and just, like, do fucking crazy, um... Uh, trade... Mock trades that involve, like, Sydney and Geelong and Essendon. As and everyone's do. like, No! This guy's a fucking idiot! And I'm like... <laughs> I love it. I soak it up. Pathetic. Pathetic. You fell for my trap. <laughs> you fell for my trap. <laughs> they do. They do it every time. Yeah. Who doesn't love? Who doesn't love trolling Bigfooty? <laughs> they probably deserve it. Probably. Yeah. It's a bit more, um... If I think if you do that shit on the, like, Reddit boards, they just ban you, so... I don't touch Reddit, let alone AFL Reddit. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> it's a... It's, it's every man for himself out there. So, 
who do we who else do we think is going to go early in this trade period? Hmm. I think I think the Collingwood I think the Collingwood departures are going to take a while. Yeah. Because I think Collingwood aren't thinking about their public relations department right now. Uh-huh. So I would expect Stevenson to take a while and Phillips. Mm. And Trelaw. Trelaw will once again be one of the last ones. Yeah. Um, but one of the earlier things I see happening mm. is Jack Higgins. I think Richmond also yes. like to get deals done early. Might might have to wait for like the Saints to... Because it, 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 it is the Saints who's supposed to be going to. Yeah. Um, they might have to wait for the Saints to do some trades. I think... With Higgins, it's like when we it's like when Hawthorne let Bradley Hill go to um, Fremantle. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like we don't super need you anymore. You've been good to us. We're going to be good for you, and we're going to let you walk for uh, right. probably unders. They could do, but a, we just don't want to kick up the shits. They could do a Dan Butler. Um, sort I think they. Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna let him go for probably a little less than he could be arguably mm-hmm. worth because they just want him to play football at a good home and they're like in a comfortable position. If the Saints have their second round, do they have their second round? I'm not actually the sure. The Saint they do. killed the uh, Saints. Um, but if they do, they don't have their second round. Their third round, they also don't have their third round. What fucking picks do they have? Future second. I could see them doing it for a future second. Yeah, I think future second is fine. That's fine. Which you know, next year would probably be in the in the thirties, the mid thirties. The Saints finish top four. Yeah. Um, but if the Tigers are happy to do it, which they probably are, they haven't. If the one thing I will commend the Tigers for is they are very easy to trade with, especially with their fringe players. What if what if St Kilda give them like a fourth rounder as well? Um, if they if the Tigers think for Maurice Rioli insurance. If we they need points. We need yeah. a, a few more points. Yeah. Why not? Especially given yeah, so NBA's going to be changed. I think Higgins will get done early. Yeah. And I think St Kilda they want to get they want to get it done early mm. to figure out what the fuck's going with Jack Loney. Yeah. Because I've said in this podcast before that Jack Loney I don't think will be going to the Bulldogs because it didn't happen last year. Mm-hmm. Apparently I'm fucking wrong. He is going to the Bulldogs. Apparently, um, you know, the fact that Josh Bruce is there has really helped them lure him over. And now, apparently, the Bulldogs are keen on securing his services. Right. I expect the Bulldogs to try and work out a deal with Loney before Mitch Hannon, because I think Mm. the availability of Loney moves past Hannon in their priorities. I think... I think the opposite, actually. I think Hannon would be a high priority because he nominated uh, and clearly already wants to be there. And nominated them early. And nominated them early, which players, I think, don't do unless they've made up their mind, like, or earlier if, in or the if year. The, or if, like, their manager and the list manager of the team have just basically shaken hands already, on it already. Yeah. Which surprised me that it wasn't done today. So maybe what you're saying is right. Maybe they are waiting for a loney sort of deal. Or maybe the Bulldog just said, we know that's basically going to happen and we won't have to pay much, but this Loney thing's pretty pressing. Let's just get this done yeah, first. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you're saying is that I'm right. What you're saying? Well, you, you know what? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll say... I'll say you've nailed this one. <laughs> I 
I feel like there's going to be a lot of really long, awkward pauses for the Spotify listeners. Like, there's been a lot of... Since we've moved into the studio, there's a lot of visual cues. There are. I do recommend um, seeing the YouTube... I do recommend going off-season in four dimensions. Yeah. In... Obviously, the fourth dimension is YouTube. No, it's time. Oh, it's time. Ooh. Oh. I, we were on a different... We were in different places. See, we were finishing each other's sentences before, and now we're just... It's gone. It's gone off. That's the further we get. Oh, shit, I can't do that, because we're, we're recording. <laughs> Everybody knows that you're an idiot <laughs> oh! Everybody knows. No! I thought we were in a studio for... Oh. Everybody knows. I did it. Okay. For all the Spotify listeners, what happened was, after literally talking about being on camera... I forgot that I was on camera and I tapped my wrist to ask Alex for the time as if we weren't recording video and we were just in a podcast studio. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you all in. I'm a fool. I'm gonna bring you all into our production process. Break the fourth wall. Come on in. You can see how long we've been going for. So you know that this is about ready to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, because that was just my instinct, right? I probably should have gone with my gut and not um not sort of like broken the fourth wall, I guess, mm. with that cue. Yeah, oh my, yeah, I'm sure you've just ruined everyone's immersion. No, right? but I think that's a part of the reason why people come to us for their off season news. <laughs> they come for some lightheartedness. If you come to us for some lightheartedness in your off season news, drop a, drop a emote in the chat. Um, yeah. Drop a, a, a pog. Make sure to, like, uh, you know, you have that sort of older relative that you talk about AFL with, mm. and they seem to always, like, have the really shit trade news. Just direct them here. Just direct them right here. Because we know what we're talking about. Like, you have that Essendon-supporting uncle who always reckons they're going to get Ollie Wines. Adrian Dodora is not my uncle. <laughs> is, 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 you reckon Adrian Dodora is, like... Because I, I, I feel like I have so many, like... Around the trade period, this is like the time where there's a lot of, you know, family get-togethers. Mm. And you're like... And everyone loves to put their two cents in. Well, everybody has, the, like, the sort of older relatives where literally the only thing that you can talk about for more than 30 seconds is football. Uh-huh. So you sort of, you know, you break into AFL to sort of keep the conversation going. And then, you know, if you're a shrewd AFL news reader and you know about what like what's actually happening and then you're talking to somebody who literally only hears about AFL through like you know Triple M or something uh-huh. and they're like oh did you hear about that donkey business <laughs> <laughs> that Jason donkey business <laughs> Jason donkey business <laughs> I've like, heard what he's is, real good wouldn't that be great I reckon he wants it to come <laughs> to the Essendon huh you're like how good would that be if we could get Jason donkey <laughs> I'm going to go get a beer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head on out. Well, we're actually going to get a beer. And um, yeah. if you... If you... Um, if you've picked up on the Jason Dunkey Easter egg, let us know that you did. In the comment section <laughs> below. Give us a... We, come on, we're going to do it. Do the point. Remember when everyone did this? The vloggers? <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Got I him! Like, I feel like a monkey. <laughs> The fucking zoo. <laughs> like dancing with the little symbols. Do the move. Do the move. Do it. <laughs> Do the roar. Say it. 
No, no, no. You know the Simpsons meme? Oh, say it. So... Say the line, Bart. And it's... Comment this... down below. No, but it's... um, And we've been going off-season. Yay! Hey!